Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. All of our programming available at these locations in podcast form or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Recently, a U.S. politician said that we are in the last days and Christians need to rise up and get involved in government. And as you would expect in a case like that comment, there were some who supported it and some who did not. And a lot of division there, which is common in today's political sphere. But it is true that we are in the last days. That's a true statement. And the journalist writing about the politician's comments uh, even gave a very general overview of a period of tribulation followed by the return of Jesus Christ. They knew enough at least to have that basic concept, although they didn't have any specifics or get into specifics. How much do you know about the last days and the return of Christ? How much do you know about that? Well, the Bible shows us that Christ will return. Christ will return. And we can see this if we look at a passage in Acts 1, and we have a few passages to look up today. So if you have a Bible handy, please get it out. We can take a look at these together. Acts 1, verses 9 through 11. It says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. This is talking about Christ. After he was resurrected and he was giving some instruction, and then he was taken up. It says, And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, two angels there, and which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go up into heaven. So there was an amazing event there, and the disciples saw him go up. And these angels said, well, okay, he's going to come back the same way. And they had some work to do, the, the disciples did, and, and so they had to get busy doing that. But Christ is going to return. Now, this event here in Acts 1, this happened in A.D. 31, and Revelation chapters 2 and 3, it shows that uh, there would be seven successive church eras from that time period, and uh, Christ would return at the end of the seventh, and we're in that era today. And you can read more about that. We have a lot of literature at thetrumpet.com. It's all free that can fill you in on those details if you're needing a refresher there or you need to learn more about that. But So there was going to be a time period before Christ returned. But we're getting to that point, those last days, we're in those, where Christ is going to return shortly. Notice this comment from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence course. This is free, free course, and it's at thetrumpet.com. And we encourage you to sign up for it. It's a great course. It'll be a good benefit for you. It says, Christ came nearly 2,000 years ago as a humble messenger to announce the good news of the coming kingdom of God. But this time, when he returns, he will come in all the power 
and supernatural glory of God's kingdom. He's coming back to be king of kings and lord of lords. He's going to rule. He's going to rule, and he's going to rule with the government of God. And God does have a holy day plan that outlines his master plan for mankind. And one of these days does focus uh, on the return of Jesus Christ. And let's notice this in Leviticus 23. That's a chapter that goes through God's holy days. Leviticus 23 and verse 34. It says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets in holy convocation. So this is a holy day that is to be kept every year. And the date's given there. It's the seventh month and the first day of the month. So you have to look at how that corresponds each year to man's calendar, to the calendar used today. And we have actually that calendar at thetrumpet.com as well if you want to know the exact date of these holy days every year. But it is in this uh, seventh month in the first day. So what does this commanded holy day have to do with the return of Jesus Christ? Well, on this Feast of Trumpets, as it's called, ancient Israel blew silver trumpets as well as a shofar or a ram's horn, two different uh, types of trumpets. And there's a reason for this, and the correspondence course points it out. It says the silver trumpets could produce a variety of musical notes, but the ram's horn produced only a piercing blast. This piercing blast is often referred to in the Bible as a shout or noise. It did not have a musical connotation, but it signified a warning. So there are silver trumpets and this shofar, both blown on the Feast of Trumpets, and that was done anciently. What's the point of that? Well, the Feast of Trumpets, again, it has a great joy in it because it does picture the return of Jesus Christ, and there is no greater joy than that. But there is also this alarm of war. There will be some terrifying events leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. In these last days, when Christ does return, there are some horrible events that occur, and the Bible's clear on that. Christ himself prophesied that there would be some very difficult times. And we read this in Matthew 24. This is a pivotal prophetic chapter. Christ here talking about some events that would occur. And, uh, you know, his disciples asked him to to give them some indication. So he did and, and laid out some events. And Matthew 24, verses 21 through 27, is what we're going to focus on. It's good to read the whole chapter and and study that. But we'll just pick up verses 21 through 27. And this is Christ himself speaking. It says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So it's going to be a time that will be worse than any time has been. And we've seen some bad times. You know, you just in recent history, we think of the world wars. Those have been some bad times, to say the least. And this is going to be worse because it's it's as Christ said here. It's, it was not. It's going to be as it was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. It's the worst time of suffering. It says, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved or saved alive. And that shows you how bad it's going to be. If Christ himself didn't intervene, there wouldn't be any human being saved alive or any flesh, it says. So there's flesh beyond human beings, I suppose, too. 
that's how bad it's going to be. I mean, how can that happen? Well, we've seen weapons of mass destruction, and those have only been around since, uh, I guess, the end of World War II, at least in terms of it being used in that way. And so these days that we're in are dangerous days. Christ said that we could look and see that uh, events could happen that would make things so bad that if he didn't intervene and stop it, there'd be no flesh saved alive. We have the weaponry to do that today, for sure. He continued and said, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Well, there will be a lot of people deceived, but not the very elect. And Christ said, Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. Don't be deceived by, about the Christ and his return. It says, For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be visible. It's going to be something that can be seen. And everyone's going to see it. This is going to be uh, quite an event. People are going to know that serious things are happening and that that, uh, catastrophic events are afoot. And it all leads to positive news. Those silver trumpets, celebration, joy. Christ is going to return. Finally peace. Finally the utopia that God wants for man to have. But it has to get to the point where man sees that he needs God's government ruling him. And that's what... We see when we look at the Feast of Trumpets, we see events that uh, are prophesied that are really catastrophic, that lead up to the return of Jesus Christ. But we have to keep in mind the good news, and, and it's the best news ever. But there are some serious events that happen in these days. Christ came the first time, again, remember, to submit to death as the sacrificial lamb of God for our sins. And he did... Uh, that perfectly, and we're so thankful that he did. And he will return, though, to powerfully restore God's government to this earth. See, God's government's going to be restored to this earth, and he's going to come to do that. So the politician I mentioned in the beginning said, well, you know, people need to get involved in government. Well, there's a new government coming. There's a new government coming. It's the government of God that's coming to this earth. It's not... It's not you know, reshaping or reforming something man's doing. This is the government of God that's coming to this earth. Notice this uh, prophecy in Revelation 11, verses 15 through 18. Revelation 11, verses 15 through 18. And there's a lot more, by the way, of course, a lot of detail about uh, the Feast of Trumpets, what it pictures, the events that are going to unfold Uh, And we have a lot of information on that. We'll talk about that more later towards the end. Uh, But this is just a a little bit of a peek into that. There's a lot more detail that you can study into. But Revelation 11, verses 15 through 18, it says, And the seventh angel sounded. So again, we have these trumpets. And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. See, there's a change here. The kingdoms of this world, they're now they're not the kingdom of the world anymore when Christ returns because Christ rules. The government of God takes over. It takes over, and it changes things, for, all for the better. 
Verse 16, it says, And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces, and they worshiped God. See, they have this attitude of worshiping God and being so thankful for what he's doing. We should have a similar attitude, being very thankful, honoring God, giving him reverence for what he's doing and what he has done. Verse 17, it says, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and was and are to come, because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. Reigned, ruled. So Christ is going to return, and he's going to reestablish the government of God on this earth, and he's going to rule with it. He's going to rule with it. Now, how do people feel about that? How do they respond to it? Well, some people are thrilled, of course, but there are some people that are not happy about that. You know, we look at, say, the current political environment, and you see that leaders in power, they'll do anything just about to hold on to it. They do not want to give up power. They don't want to give up power, and we see that in countries all around the world. And the more lawless the governments are, well, the more lawless they are in retaining power doing whatever they can do to keep their power. It's something people do not want to let go of, and that's the same with all these political leaders in the world. When Christ returns, they do not want to give up power. They don't want to give up rule. And verse 18 shows that. It says, And the nations were angry. This is Christ's return, and they're angry. It says, And your wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged and that you should give reward unto your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them, which destroy the earth. So God's had enough destruction of the earth. He's had enough with that. And uh, he wants to see it stop, and he's going to stop it. He's going to make sure that it's stopped, surely. Now, overall, see these nations here in terms of the leadership and and, and those militaries that they're uh, influencing and, and directing, they're fighting. They're not happy. They're angry. The leaders of this present world, they do not want to lose their power. And we can think back to Christ's first coming. Remember how Herod tried to have Jesus killed when he was a baby? He lashed out, and he killed all the children to and under in Bethlehem and all the coasts because he just wanted to make sure that there was no chance that this king could come and usurp his authority, and he, he didn't understand the timing there. But that just shows you the mindset. Well, what what's behind that type of mindset? Well, Satan was the one broadcasting that murder and that hatred, and he broadcast it into Herod. Herod didn't want to give up his power. He was willing to kill children to keep power. Well, that same wicked spirit Satan broadcasts today is still the God of this world and influences people's thinking, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. And they are not going to want to give up rule of this earth to Jesus Christ. But they're not going to have a choice because he's coming with power this time. But God's people are thrilled at Christ's return because as we read there, Christ is going to give rewards to his prophets and saints. Those people that have supported his work and that he's been working with and developing his character in, he's coming to reward them because they're going to help him in that new government. So should Christians get involved in government? Well, they should get involved in the government of God. They should be preparing for that because that's the government that's coming to rule this earth. He's going to give rewards to his 
prophets and saints, and those are the people who fear his name. They follow his government and authority. They follow his government and authority, and he is going to reward them for that. There's something interesting here about verse 18 that we read over, and I want to comment on it so we're clear, and I'll just read this right out of the correspondence course. It says, Note also that all English translations of the first part of verse 18 speak of the time of the dead, that they should be judged. We read that. It says, This is an error and is disproved by Revelation 20 and verse 5. Revelation 20 and verse 5, which shows that the time of the dead to be judged is after the thousand years are over. The later Greek manuscripts do not have the expression the dead in Revelation 11:18, but early manuscripts and the official printed Greek text of the Greek Orthodox Church have the time of the nations that they should be judged. So that's an important point there about um, verse 18 with the translation. And so uh, you can learn more about that by looking at Lesson 32 of the Correspondence Course if you want to go back and make notes and such. So the seventh and final trumpet here that we read about announces Christ's return. It announces his return. Now, there are other trumpets and there are other meanings behind those uh, that picture events and such that lead up to Christ's return. All of those details are available, very thoroughly explained in Lesson 32 of the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, and that's a free course at thetrumpet.com, and we uh, recommend you sign up for it. It's great to go through it, see all the details, because there's a lot in this amazing festival, the Feast of Trumpets. It does picture Christ's return to this earth, the reestablishment of God's government. Notice this in Revelation 11 and verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. You see, we are in the last days. We really are. And we are close to the return of Christ, and we are very close to a new government. But without understanding God's holy day plan, we don't really understand the details of that. We don't understand it the way we should, so we need God's holy day plan. Once we understand that, then we have an understanding of these events leading up to the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. Again, for more details, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. Specifically, you can look at Lesson 32, and it gives you details on this wonderful Feast of Trumpets and what it pictures. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.